Good morning, children. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right, Matthew 16. If you don't know, that's where we're going to be. Jake, did you peek at my notes this morning? Sorry? Did you peek at my notes this morning? No, I keep doing Dude, that. I'm telling y'all. You know, eventually nobody's going to believe us. Right. <laughs> I, I don't believe you now. No, I'm serious. He started to talk about go make disciples and, and go home. And, and I'm going, hey, that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. That's what you call Holy Spirit synchronize. Right? Holy Spirit activates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what's our theme this week? Jesus changes everything. Has he been changing some stuff this week? Yes, yes. Today, uh, I want to end with one more thing that Jesus changes, and that's Jesus changes your path. We have talked so much about what Jesus wants to change right now, and uh, what he wants to change from your past, and um, bless you. Um, Jesus changes your, your sneezing. Yeah, that's not one of them. Um, but today, both in this morning and this evening, we're going to kind of look at how Jesus changes your path. Because this is the last day we're, we're thinking about moving forward. Bless you. What is, it, what is Jesus needs to change the allergy medicine in here. Um, um, but Jesus does change your path. A lot of you are trying to figure out what's next. Not just for this week. This, this has been a, a topic on, in some of your lives even before this week where you're going, I'm at this spot and I don't know what's next and I need to know the path ahead of me. I need to know which path to take, right? And so uh, there's two things about Jesus changing your path because you know that's what repentance means. You know that word repentance? You've heard that? It's a kind of a churchy word. They'll say, repent, repent ye sinners. And what repent means is change direction, change paths, right? Repent, uh, if I'm walking this way and I repent, I go, we'll go this way. Right? And I repent and go the other way. And so Jesus, the part of the whole process of following Jesus, going from lost to found, going from enemy of God to child of God, is repenting and changing your path. And that means that you have a new path versus the old you. Um, and, and so in order to take that new path, there's two things that you need to embrace. Okay, we need to embrace, and this morning I want to talk about embracing your mission. Embracing your mission and what, it, it, this will help you to understand which path to take if you will embrace your mission. So here's your big idea before we jump into Matthew 16. Here's your big idea. Your life is not your own. Your life is not your own. I know that kind of is self-defeat your life. That's not your life anymore. You gave that to Jesus, right? We talked about that in this week, how, how you have given, you've surrendered all these things to him. And so now he's in control. And so when, when Hank surrendered his life to Jesus yesterday, he said, the path that's before me is up to God. And I'm going to embrace, he got a new mission whether he realized it or not. He might have had a different mission when, before, but he has a new mission now. 
And, and, and by the way, this is not just something I want to say to talk you into things. This is scripture that says that your life is not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this, you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a, a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I got a little more specific, right? Because the things you do with your body, which the decisions you make in a whole bunch of different arenas here with your body, how you eat, um, the things you do and don't do in relationships, those things you can honor your, the, the, the way, the, the way you spend your time is a way that you honor God with your body, right? The, you do that because you do not belong to yourself anymore. It's been bought with a high price. What was that high price? Jesus' blood on the cross, Jesus' death on the cross. Remember we talked earlier this week, God bankrupted heaven. He, he emptied it all out. He gave everything that he had for you. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says something very similar, well, just kind of in a different uh, light. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We, we, again, the song choices, if you pay attention to the lyrics, um, you understand and you, you are reminded of the fact that, uh, that, God, that you are not only bought, but that the old you is gone. This is a totally new you. I was, I was talking to Hank a little bit about um, what it means to be saved yesterday. And, and one of the analogies that I gave him that I think is very important is, does it, you know how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? You know, the whole process, that's something you learn in school. Does a, does a butterfly go back to a caterpillar? Yeah. No. That, that old caterpillar is dead and gone. And, and that butterfly does not go back to it. And so I was, we were talking about the consequences of sin even after you get saved. And I said, listen, you're bought with a high price. You don't belong to yourself. And you don't go back to the old you because you're, that's crucified. He's gone. He, she is gone. We're, we're, we're dead to all that and we're dead to that whole life. And no, you're no longer yourself. You are now God's. So with that in mind, I have just 24, 25, two verses uh, this morning to read to you in Matthew chapter 16. Um, so if you'll turn, if, you, if you've got Matthew chapter 16, um, this is in the middle of, of Jesus talking about a lot of other things. Again, I, anytime you, you, a, a pastor gives you a scripture, I always encourage you to go back and like read what was before and after, because that helps you fill it out, even if they don't have time to do that. Um, but Matthew 16, 24 and 25 says this, and some of you may have heard this, some of you older ones, because I've preached on this before, but it says, Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you, live, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. We talked a little bit about that verse earlier this week and hinted at it when we're talking about the, what we call the upside down kingdom, right? Where the, the first is last and last is first, the meek will inherit the earth. You want to save your life, you've got to give it up. 
And this is, you'll, you'll hear this if you stay in church, if you stay in Christian circles, you'll just hear this phrase being used, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow. Take up, this is just part of the cross you have to bear. Now, do y'all remember the, do y'all remember the, the Easter story? Um, do you remember how Jesus had to carry his own cross? For part of the journey, he's already been beat, he's already been whipped, and he is taking the instrument that was going to cause him great pain, right? If you ever look into, I won't go into it now, but the process of being crucified is very painful. In fact, it was designed to be extra painful. And imagine not only knowing that is coming, but having to pick it up willingly and carry it to its destination kind of sucks, doesn't it? It's kind of bad, isn't it? To, to have to do that. And, and so that's the, the picture that we get. Thankfully, we, most of us will not ever endure that, right? Although Jesus, there's a couple of Jesus followers that did end up being crucified just like he was. But the analogy, the picture that he's painting is you have to willingly pick up suffering in order to follow him. And so let me give you, let me just, let's just break down those three phrases. It was not up there, but in your, let me break down those three phrases real quick and give you some more verses to go with it. These, this is what it means, or one of the things that it means. There's a little bit more to it. I don't want to oversimplify what it means to follow Jesus, but here are some big things when you're coming to uh, the decision on how to move forward on your path. One is, again, we talked about this a lot, give up your own way. So if you want to follow Jesus, you give up your own way. Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 give us a great example of that. If you want to write that down under, under give up your own way. It says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Remember we talked about sacrifices in the Old Testament and how you had to take something, uh, you know, normally spotless, dependent on the sin or the sacrifice that you were making, and something had to die in order to be a sacrifice to God. Well, he's saying, don't kill yourself, but be a living sacrifice. Be a sacrifice where everything you do is for him, living and holy. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. If you ever find that in your Bible, you need to write that down. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. There's that caterpillar going into a butterfly, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, or you can even substitute will path for you. Then you will know God's path for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Give up your own way, you get God's good, pleasing, perfect will. That's part of what it means to follow him. So he says, first and foremost, if you wanna follow me, give up your own way. But not only that, but you take up the cross. And again, I kinda of jumped into that a little early, but undertake up your cross, just put cross equals suffering and sacrifice. So number two, take up your cross, and then under that put cross equals suffering and sacrifice. Luke uh, 14, 27 goes with that as well. It says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, verse 27. Luke 14, 27. Whoever, hey, could you put that up there? 
Is there Luke 14? Ah, okay. I'll get to that in just a second. Um, Luke 14, 27. This is kind of very, you know how the, we, some, I was talking with some of y'all how the Gospels tell uh, different sides of the same story sometimes. Like you'll read about something in Matthew and you'll read about something in Mark and in Luke and in John and they all, they all say the same, describe the same story but from a different angle. This is one of those instances where, where Luke records it as saying it, it's less of a you must take up the cross and it's more of a if you don't. Right? He really emphasizes whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be Jesus' disciple. This is non-negotiable. This is a part of it. This is not you becoming a super Christian or an extra special gold star Christian. This is just what it means to follow Jesus. Now that doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. That doesn't mean you go looking to try to make it and that your life is going to be nothing but pain and suffering. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that there are some things that are some sufferings, some troubles that will be unique to you following Jesus. You're going to save yourself a lot of st uh, struggle from stupidness and sin and, and selfishness. But also you're going to take on certain things just because you're Christian. And more and more in our world, they're going to mock you. They're going to they're going to maybe even not, not hire you for a job or not let you get into a certain club or whatever because you stand for the things of Jesus. And we have to be willing and we have to accept that. I have family members that won't talk to me. I have friends that I'm no longer friends with, but not because I don't love them, not because I, I don't want to be around them, but because I've chosen to live in the kingdom of God where God says certain things are good, certain things are not, and I'm not going to betray that. And so they say, all right, well, we're no longer friends. We're no longer, we no longer talk, right? It's just a part of, that's just the cross that you, it's the, you ever hear someone say, it's the cross I bear. Like, like you know, so handsome, it's just the cross I bear, you know, it's just terrible. Um, no, but, but there are real, literal crosses to bear. There are people, I, I've talked about this a couple weeks ago in, uh, at the end of June when, when I preached about um, Pride Month. And I said, there are, there are Christians I know that are attracted to people that they shouldn't be attracted to, that is not in God's plan for their romance and their marriage and, and their dating life. And, and, they had to, and, and God has not taken that desire away from them he has still called them to abstain from it, though. And so there are people that have taken on the suffering of, I don't, I don't get to act on all of my romantic desires because I follow Jesus and what he says is more important than what I feel. It's tough. It's hard sometimes. But as we've talked about before, Jesus' way is always better. In fact, uh, in Matthew 5... Uh, he says this, he says, this is part of this thing called the Beatitudes. Um, he says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. When you choose to obey Jesus, even when it's not popular, 
People may threaten you. You may lose your job or friendships or all the stuff that we just talked about. Um, but it's just a part of the Christian life following him. But it does ultimately lead to blessings. I don't know about you. I know it's hard to uh, give up what we want right now for something better later. Have you ever had that choice to make? Right? You, the, you are presented with a choice. You can have, I try to do this with my, my little ones. You can either have this toy now or you can have this toy later. What are you going to choose? The, the, th- the okay thing now or the great thing later? It's a choice we have to make. And in the same way, it's kind of like, look, you may have to give up some things in this life. You may not get to have as much fun as you see your friends having because you're like, ah, that's sinful. Uh, that's a desire I shouldn't act on. But when you do that and you give up the little bit now, what you get is a billion times better. I don't know about you, but I, again, I'm getting old um, and life goes by fast. Even, even at y'all's age, though, y'all been talking about, oh my gosh, I'm graduating high school or oh my gosh, I'm going into high school and I feel like I still should be a little kid, right? Emma's going into middle school. We were talking about making me feel old, right? Why is my daughter at youth camp? She's too young for that. Because time goes by quickly. Your life, the Bible says, is like that compared to eternity. Wouldn't you rather have the best things forever, ever, ever, ever? Versus some okay things right now? That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, when you're blessed, when, or, or when, when people persecute you, when they are mean to you, when they bully you because you are a Christian, that's actually a blessing. Because that means that God is going to make up for that, whether it be in this life or the next. Now, write this down. Suffering for being a jerk isn't the same thing. <laughs> Suffering for being a jerk or for bad decisions is different. Yeah, yeah, that's a new Suggsian translation. That's my translation of 1 Peter 3.17. That's the verse that goes with it. Again, I try to, when I tell you stuff, I don't want you to, to think I'm just making this up out of thin ear. First, thin ear? Did I say thin ear? Yeah, you did. That, that too. Uh, 1 Peter 3.17. Did I add that, Jake? There it is. Who knows? I made, again, I made these slides this morning, so I could have been half asleep. Remember... It is better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants. Again, don't go looking for it. Don't be like, yeah, I'm going to suffer today. Woo! Like, you're crazy. We need to talk to you a little bit about that. That's not okay. But it's, it's better to suffer if that's what God wants. If that's, remember that plan that he has that's so wonderful and awesome that he can make lemonade out of your lemons, that, that, that he can make that all those things work out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's better to suffer for good if that's what he wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Don't suffer for doing wrong. Some Christians that I know, that I grew up with, that are now adults, they, they started out being willing to suffer when God wanted them to, but now they go around looking for a fight. Now they're like, I'm being persecuted. I'm like, no, you're just a jerk. You're just mean. You just, you, you, you go around taking the Bible and pow, pow, pow in the face, right? Not really, but you might as well have. It's like, that's not, if you suffer for that, that's your own fault. God's not going to bless that. But 
If God in his big grand plan says Xavier needs to suffer a little bit, Paige needs to suffer a little bit so that I can accomplish a better plan for them, a better path for them. If the path that ultimately leads to me, that ultimately leads to them being more like me, goes through a little bit of suffering, and if they suffer because they choose to be obedient to me, oh, God's going to bless you for that if you stand firm. So you, you give up what you want, and then you're crazy enough to take on, to pick up your cross. Everyone is going to have a cross to bear, and some crosses may be different than others, right? Some of your crosses may look different. They may feel different. There may be different weights and different types of suffering. Don't compare your crosses, right? That's a, that's a very unhealthy thing to do is to don't compare your sufferings and your crosses to, to other people's because that's their thing. This is your thing. And, and, and it's apples to oranges most of the time. But the main thing that he's saying is, he says, take up, he says, give up what you want, take up the cross, and number three, follow me, follow Jesus. Number three is follow Jesus. Now, you can follow Jesus in a couple ways that Jake began to touch on here this morning, just talking and worshiping with y'all. Um, and for those of you that are a little bit older, and I know our adults have heard me talk about this, but... Again, if we're, if we're trying to set you up with a foundation, um, you need to know these things. These things need to be, you know what a mantra is? You ever heard of a mantra? This means yes, this means no. Yeah. Mantra, that, that's the thing you repeat over and over and over and over and over and over. And, and, and it becomes a way of life. It becomes, it, it centers your thoughts and, and, and helps you to focus on certain things. Christians have a mantra. You, and when I talked about, when, as soon as I understood, as soon as God let me understand that we needed to understand our mission, then there's, there's a very simple, clear mission for all Christians, right? Now you may have individual missions within the big mission, right? Just like if you've ever played, uh, you know, some of those army video games where you've got a big mission, right? You've got the task that you're trying to achieve. But there are submissions, and sometimes you go on this quest, and sometimes you go on that quest. Um, or if you're a real boy uh, military, you know, if you know, if you, some of you have parents in the military that they had a, an overarching goal, that the reason that the U.S. forces were in that area, but there was also little missions, and, and maybe Brody's dad did one thing, Brody and Ty's dad did one thing, and maybe Jake's dad was going to do another thing, or maybe, you know, there were, they were all submissions underneath um, the main banner, right? And so our, I'm going to give you the main banner. Let me give you the main thing, whether God calls you to Africa, whether he calls you to Siler City, whether he calls you wherever and, and to do whatever, there's certain, there's three things that we, every Christian has a mission to do. Love God. The first one is love God. All right, Matthew, there was a, a religious guy that was trying to, to quit give 50 questions to Jesus. And he says, what's the most important of the commandments that God gave? And Jesus gave him this answer. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. How do you love God, though? Have we learned about that this week? Can anybody tell me some ways that you think you could love God and, and, and start accomplishing that mission? Serve him. Serve him. That's a good one. 
Respect him. That's great. Huh? Praise him. Just like we've been doing. It's great. Good answers. Anything else? Jog. Run, walk to get a Kleenex. That's one way to do it. Trust in him. Trust and obey. Right? That's how you love God. Spend time with him. Whether that be prayer. Whether that be Bible. Whether that be loving his loving the people that he loves that's what the second part of of the mission is you love god but you also love people right love god and also love people matthew 22:39 says the second is equally as important love your neighbor as yourself that's matthew 22:39 love people so you love god and you love by the way you can't love god and not love people and you can't really love people until you love God. These things are really interconnected. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And by the way, uh, again, I don't, I don't like to get into the, you have to love yourself first, right? You kind of do though, because you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. You can't love God and not love yourself because you are a creation of God. So if you have a bad view of yourself, if you have a low view of yourself, you're not being loving to God because you're insulting his creation. So the bet, when you love God, that gives you a love for yourself. It's not a obsessive, selfish, narcissistic love of yourself, but it's one that's like, I'm good. God made me. He knows what he's doing. I'm pretty awesome. But let me now focus, like we said yesterday, okay, yes, get this established. Now love someone else. Pray about yourself and then pray about other people because that's what it means to, to love them. And so whether you love people in Siler City, whether you love people halfway across the world, whether you love people as a nurse or as a teacher or as a pastor or as a subway sandwich art artisan or as a lifeguard or... As long as you're loving God and loving people, you are accomplishing his mission for your life. I think because of just the world that we live in, the culture we live in, where we have to have this grand idea of like, God is going to lead me on this magical journey and I'm going to be special and it's going to be unlike anything that anybody else has ever done. And if you don't find that, then you're missing something. It's just not true. You can be just as fulfilled and just as, as obedient to God as a janitor than you can be as a CEO or a, you know, president. president. There you go. Right? Not everybody is called to be those things, but a janitor can be just as obedient as a president in God's eyes. As long as you love God, you love people. And then the third thing is make disciples. Jake kind of dropped that on you here a second ago. Make disciples. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is called the Great Commission. Oh. It's your job description. I don't know if some of you younger ones have talked about this in kids' church, but this is something we talk about quite a lot in, in, in big boy church. Uh, Yep, that's officially, on the sign it says Big Boy Church, 11 a.m. <laughs> it's a joke. That's what it is. No, he said girls aren't welcome because it's only for big boys. 
Well, you can. You, that's that's. Uh, See how it says boys and not men. Oh. oh. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> big boy, big girl. Put on your big boy britches, your big girl britches, as Pastor Andy would say, and go make disciples of all nations. What's a disciple? So when it spreads the word of God, so disciple, the word disciple, um, when it's translated to the English language, there's not really a, a perfect translation of it, but another, another translation of the word, um, that, that translates to disciple. Oh man, what was it? Oh, I just lost it. It was, um, are you trying to think of the Greek word? No, I'm trying to think of the. When you have like a, when you're doing a craft and then they ha you have someone that's working for apprentice. apprentice, apprentice. Yes. Disciple equals apprentice. Write that down. It's good. Sorry. Had a brain fart there. Not the top of the top of my head. No, I don't. It's what? You, you pooted what? Sipulus. Sipulus? Cool. Bible classes. Syphilis. Nope. That's not it. That's not it. So that word superfluous or whatever she said, uh, the purples, the purples uh, no apprentice, that means you, you, you know what an apprentice is? Like if you get a job as an apprentice, you are following around the professional as they do their thing. And that is what we're supposed to be making. We are supposed to be apprentices of Jesus. And then we're supposed to make more apprentices of Jesus. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And then he gives us a little bit of encouragement. He says, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't leave us alone in this. He gives you everything you need for this. So whether you're loving God, whether you're loving people, whether you're making disciples, Jesus is with you every step of the way. Especially if you are following him around. Again, follow Jesus means he goes this way, you go this way. He goes that way, you go that way. If he tells Haley to go way off into the beyond and to witness to the starving pygmies in New Guinea, right, then she can do that. And she can be close to God. But if he calls her to stay in Siler City and watch kids poop in the pool. Oh my God, please no. You can be obedient in that too. <laughs> it's not even, the, that's not even the worst part. It's the 30 minutes that we child. have to shock the pool yeah. and everybody complains. I would be shocked if I saw poop in the pool, so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's your mission. And I want to make sure that when we go home, you understand your mission. It's, it's the question I always ask if, if, you know, God has given us all sorts of mind blowing truths this week. He has spoken to so, so many things that are happening in our life. And I, every time he, that does, that happens to me, I go, okay, now what, what do I do with this? Where do I take this? Where do I go from here? And so that is your mission. And tonight we're going to talk more uh, about what happens on that mission. We're going to talk uh, about not only embracing your mission, but embracing the journey on your mission. 
Because the one thing about mission is you, you want that mission accomplished, don't you? I want it done. I want the rubber stamp. I want the check mark. I want mission accomplished. And if it doesn't happen soon, you get a little frustrated. If it doesn't happen when you think it should happen, that, 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 could, that can do some things in your spirit. And so on, on, on top of embracing your mission, I want you to embrace the journey as well. And we're going to talk about that tonight. All right, let's pray. And then we'll get break up into our small groups. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for a mission. You give us purpose. You give us, you give us a, a path forward. And God, I thank you for changing our path because before you, our path was selfishness. It was idolatry. It was death and hell and separation from you forever. But when you stepped in, you changed our path. So God, I pray that as we begin talking about what this means for our life, that, that we, would, we would be excited about the journey ahead. That we, would be, uh, we would be ready to take the path that you have laid before us. Help us to embrace that. Help us to humble ourselves to the fact that we don't get to navigate here. That this is you. Uh, Lord, continue to speak through us or to us through your word and through each other. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.